Hey guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of PNC. I uh, did another episode without Nolan today. I miss that guy very much. He is the heart and soul of this podcast, um, but we'll be back in the studio soon enough. So today I sat down with Meta World Peace and we had a great discussion. We talked about a bunch of stuff, including the NBA playoffs, which are just underway. He made some sleeper picks for you gamblers out there, so maybe listen up to that. Also touched on his music career and he compared that to his NBA career. Some crazy stories about that time of his life. Uh, and then we also touched on what it's like to kind of be a public figure and how he balances his personal life with kind of being, you know, always having to be on all the time when he steps outside of his home. So hopefully you guys enjoy, and we will talk to you guys soon. This episode is brought to you by The Granville Room. They are located at 957 Granville Street and are now open every Friday and Saturday night from 6 p.m. until 11 p.m. and hope to be open later in the near future. Stop by early between 6 and 8 for happy hour and free poutine followed by live DJs. For more information and booking tables, please visit them at safeandsoundent.com or at Granville Room on Instagram. You just finished watching the first half yeah. of that Laker Phoenix game. Yeah. How are you feeling? Yeah, yeah, the game. How are you feeling? Do you think what, what, how the Lakers look? Are they going to be able to make it out of the first round? As I'm looking at this game, and I'm a Laker fan, as I'm looking at this game, I'm like, I just don't know how the Lakers is going to beat Phoenix. Yeah. Chris Paul goes down. And then they go up. Phoenix go up. And everybody, all their role players, they seem like they're into it. You know what I mean? The role players yep. seem like they're confident. Like Chris Paul is telling them, like, hey, you guys, stay confident. Stay ready. Knock down shots. Yeah. You know, so it feels like they're playing with the confidence of Booker and Chris Paul. So yeah, they're playing well. They're playing well. Yeah, they're playing well. So who do you think out of the whole playoff, who, who are you liking to make it to the finals? Well, I like the Lakers to make it to the finals because the experience, you know, destiny. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So I think, like. Repeat. Repeat to be amazing. They do it in L.A. So I like the Lakers, but they just been hurt. So you t- say, say, obviously you have the, the ties to the Lakers, and that's kind of an emotional pick. Say the Lakers, okay. you can't pick them. Two other teams to go to the finals. Who, who, who are you going to Two other teams to go to the finals, I'll probably say, I would go with, I would go with the probably Nuggets versus probably say the Sixers. Really? Yeah, I, I feel the Sixers because, like, I think Embiid is unstoppable. It's due. Yeah. So I remember when the Raptors won, Toronto knocked them out. I think it was six games or seven games. Yeah. And Kawhi made that crazy shot. Yeah, that humble off the top. I remember Toronto just, it actually all Canada was just, like, watching that shot. And when it went in, it was like the country exploded. Incredible. And that was the go to the finals. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, Philly. I like Philly too, but you, you don't think, think they'll be able to get by Brooklyn and, the, and those three guys. I think you know you got those three guys, but when you when you talk about the Sixers, you got Ben. Uh, what's Ben? What's his name? Ben last name? Um, Simmons. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm gonna ask his name right. Yeah, Ben Simmons. We have uh, and you got Embiid, and you got two young Lions who are very good. Yeah, and big and fast. So you look at that. Then you got the Nets team coming off injury. So. I'm, I'm just thinking, okay, like, okay. it's going to be tough for them to beat the Sixers. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Now, if you had to pick a sleeper team, a team that, you know, no one's really counting on, someone that's, like, kind of a dark horse, who would you who would you think is going to win? A dark horse? I mean, 
I think the Suns are a dark horse team. You think so? Utah could be a dark horse team too. Yeah. I don't think anybody's expecting Utah. But I mean, it seems like there's a lot of good teams in the playoffs right now. It's it almost is. anyone's game. Yeah. People like it depends on, I guess, like who picks up momentum, yep. who stays healthy. Yeah, who stays this. healthy. Because yeah. I remember you were saying when you had that run with Houston, mm-hmm. you kind of had that issue because yeah. Grady got hurt. Yeah. And that kind of. It was crazy. So we, we get to with Houston. Yeah, it was the same thing. Like, you look at the year 2008, you had Celtics blew out the Lakers, right? So then. Bynum was hurt, Andrew Bynum, Trevor Ariza was hurt, and then the next year, the Lakers played against, um, they played against Orlando in the finals, but they played against us to get to the finals, yes. no, to get to, they played against us in the second round. Yeah. So in that series, Dikembe breaks his knee, Yeah. Um, then Yao Ming breaks his foot, and Tracy McGrady didn't play. That's hard. And we take him to game seven, so it's like, it's a, it's a little bit of luck. Yeah, you gotta you know be healthy. I mean? You gotta stay healthy. You gotta stay healthy. Yeah. Was at yeah. that time was Dikembe starting still, or was he kind of a role player? No, Dikembe at that time. Every time I mentioned Dikembe name, yeah, you know, because he was forty one at that time. Okay. But when you look at what he did in the playoffs, he played minutes. Mm-hmm. He was getting ten rebounds, ten points. Yeah. And blocking dunks. Yeah. At forty two. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he was huge. If we had Dikembe, I felt like we would have. Um, yeah. I don't know how we would have lost. Yeah, exactly. Because we beat Brandon Roy. We was a six seed. We played against the third seed, which is the Trailblazers. Yep. And then we played against the third seed, and we beat them in game six at their place. Brandon mm-hmm. Roy was an amazing player. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's when they had LaMarcus Aldridge, and we just, you know, and Dikembe played. You know, so we had Dikembe, I think, Yao and Mac. It would have been, been a tough series. Yeah, that would have been tough for sure. It would have been a tough series. Who was the hardest guy you've ever had to to guard who who gave you the hardest time? The hardest time I would say is LeBron, Kobe, LeBron, Kobe, Durant at the end of his career. I'm mean, sorry, at the end of my career. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but LeBron, Kobe, Richard Hamilton. That's pretty much it. I mean, a couple of other guys that I played against, like played against Vince Carter. He had good games. I had good games against Vince. I think me and Vince is probably like fifty fifty. Yeah. Me and Paul, I might have edged out Paul, Paul Pierce. So when you have to guard, these, are they are they guarding you as well, or do you are you able to like you guard LeBron and then LeBron may guard someone else on your team? Or LeBron will guard me because he's big and there's nobody else on his team that can guard me when I was playing against him in my prime. Yeah, yeah. But the other guys wouldn't guard. Like Paul Pierce would guard me, but but not really. Guys wouldn't guard me because they couldn't guard me. Yeah, yeah. You know, they was they was too small. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The guys was too small. Kobe, even my brother Kobe didn't guard me. Yeah, even my brother Kobe didn't guard me. So how much pressure do you feel like when you had to be like basically put on the best player on the op- opposing team game in the game out? Or did you just love that shit? I loved it, honestly. I mean, when you, when you play against Kobe and LeBron, you know like it's going to be a problem. Because like, my whole thing was trying not to let them score. Yeah. And when you go into that mindset with Kobe, that's almost impossible. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? minimize the damage. Yeah, you want to yeah, you, keep them the under 10 or something. Well, you, that's good. That's impo- maybe Kobe, I kept him under twenty, maybe three or four times. Yeah, maybe three or four times. LeBron, maybe same thing, maybe three or four times. And then when you do that, like, so what's your like mindset? Do you like try to like do just like keep keep don't let them get the ball at all and just kind of that's the first out? thing. That's the first step. The first thing is don't let them get the ball because yeah. I'm not that athletic. Mm-hmm. I'm athletic compared, but in comparison to Kobe and LeBron, yeah, yeah. I'm not athletic so. The first thing is not to let them get the ball. Mm-hmm. 
Now, you got a, a guy like Chris Paul, he's going to get them the ball. Yeah. You got a good point, he's going to get them the ball. Then secondly, you don't want them to beat you off the dribble quick. You want them to yeah. try to stop them. Like, yeah, close out. Close out, try to not to let them get no baskets, but then they shoot a jumper, or the jumper goes in, you know? Fuck, that's not really good. good. That's successful, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It, it, it actually could be. No doubt, but you yeah, did a great job. I mean, it's, it's, it's like defense, they, they, they say defense wins championships, which is kind of true because if you can't let them score. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, you're going to have more points than them. Yeah, every sport, I think defense wins championships. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, every sport. Yeah, you, gotta, you look at, like, you know, like football, basketball, like, all the big four sports, like, usually the team that has the better defensive, you know, definitely. team will win. Like, offense Absolutely. is good, but you need to have both sides of the ball. Yeah, definitely. So, even the playoffs now, I look at, that's why I'm looking at, I look at, like, the Sixers. They got this mobile center in Embiid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Who could score and defend. Yeah. You know, and then you look at even the Lakers, they can score and defend. Yeah. Some of these other teams, I mean, I'm trying to figure out where the defense is at. Exactly. You know? So I don't know how they how they win. So even when, so if you look at the NBA now versus when you were playing in your prime, would you say that, you know, these bigger guys that can beat, you know, they're like two way players. They can play on both sides of the ball. And obviously you look back even further, like with like, you know, I'd say that would you think there's more two way big players now than there was back in the day? Back in the day, it was more two-way players. That they're big, like big, big guys. Yeah, so. like you had, even like George Murison could score. Yeah. <laughs> um, David Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon could score. Um, Bill Cartwright could mm-hmm. score and defend. You know, Shaq could score and defend. I, you know, um, oh yeah, all, back in the days, there's way more guys that could score and, and defend. So what do, what do you think the biggest guy. difference between the NBA now versus the NBA you know, 10, 20 years ago. I think one of the biggest, well, actually like 15, 20 years ago, because 10 years ago was kind of similar, yeah, okay. almost. But I think the difference was like, uh, not as much perimeter shooting. Okay. Guys can, guys can still shoot, but now it's like so much shooting. Yeah. So many, like everybody shooting threes. And all that. Even the centers, everybody shooting threes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big man yeah. shooting threes. Yeah, big man shooting threes. Like AD can shoot threes too. Yeah, AD, yeah. It's crazy. You don't think, you don't like, by back in the day, you would, I mean, you'd see like, I remember watching like Patrick Ewing shoot a three and being like what the fuck yeah and like he made it and like everyone was kind of like laughing yeah like, yeah yeah it was like yeah. a big deal for a big man to hit a three it's crazy yeah um, so we talked about how how much pressure there is on you to like defend the marquee player on the other team and I know you have you know a history with music and you're a performer yeah as a rapper and you've, you've done some pretty big shows and you've opened for some you know pretty big um, musicians and yeah. rappers now we talked about it the other day, and you were saying that you found more pressure. Was it more pressure performing as a musician, or more pressure performing as an athlete? I think as an athlete, because as a musician, I was in total control. You know, I write my my records, I go on the stage, I go perform. Yeah. You know, I don't have to worry about anyone giving as much effort as me. Like you know. Yeah. But now that's as a performer, but as a business, is way more. I was oblivious to the pressure as a business. I mean, basketball as a business, I, I'm, I'm part of the business, right? Yeah. Music, you're trying to get into the business. So, there were some things there, but in terms of getting on stage, uh, you know, I felt more comfortable in that setting because, um, you know, you control the crowd, you stop the music when you want, mm-hmm. you know, um, you put you put whatever song you want to perform, that's the song that you're going to perform, yeah. you know? Who, so, who have you opened for? I opened for Young Jeezy yeah. in New Mexico, Utah, Phoenix, um, New Mexico, Utah, Phoenix, El Paso. Then I opened for Fat Joe in Sweden, Norway, London, 
Ooh. Germany. I forget where. Then Ludacris in Illinois. Um, a couple shows in L.A. Before Rick Ross in the club. Damn. Um, and you felt yeah. you felt less pressure doing that than playing in the NBA. So the reason I ask is because, like, obviously, I mean, obviously, I'm wondering, like, you're, were you more confident in your musical skills or your basketball skills? Um, I think I'm. I think I'm more confident in my musical skills. But the difference is, when music takes a team, yeah, the same thing like basketball, is the same thing. Yeah, I think I'm equally equally as confident. But in basketball, I got Kobe, or I have LeBron, or I have mm-hmm. Mike Bibby. Mm-hmm. In music, um, I was just just jumping on teams. Whereas basketball, I got drafted into a team, yeah. and the plan and everything was mapped out. Yeah. Whereas music, I was the general manager. I was the coach. I was the player. Yeah. I was putting the team together. That's still that's like one of the only differences. Yeah. If I would have had like someone saying, "Okay, we're gonna put you here as an artist. We're gonna put this song. We're gonna have you sing this song that someone wrote. This producer produced it. These are the tour. This is the shows you're gonna actually do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a bit more more on you. Yeah. Kind of make that shit happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when you were doing all these tours, were you was it like an off season or were you still playing? Was it like this on weekends when you had like a three day road trip in Utah? You'd like. You know, <laughs> so you do a concert on one of your days off, or I did some shows on my days off. Oh, Definitely, I did. I did a few shows on my days off, a couple times. Yeah, and, yeah. and your teams were cool with that, or is it kind of this? Is like you're still able to do all your commitments and yeah. practice and all that. I did it in a way where, like, you know, I still was performing. Yeah, you know, I still was performing, and then with me personally, you know, I mean, I kind of had a bad approach, but. I was getting six million a year, which is a lot of money, but for my level, it wasn't a lot of money for my level. Okay. So I was giving six million dollars worth of talent on the court. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it wasn't like I wasn't. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I, was, I was giving you exactly what you paid You're for. You're being compensated yeah, appropriately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what you, I remember you telling me a story about. I think it was Fat Joe concert. Yeah. And you, your crew was just having a hype time. You know, spraying champagne, spraying water everywhere. And he was not too pleased with that. Yeah, I remember we was in um, we was in London. No, that wasn't London. That was Denmark. Yeah, we was in Denmark. 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 Yeah. So we had so normally my crew would just get water, throw water on the yeah. crowd, champagne, and you know they mop up the floor. How big is your crew when you're on stage? We, oh, it's about it's me, Ruck. Foul Monday, Braska, and Chalice. Five of us. Okay. There's five of us. And we had a DJ, but five of us on the on the stage going crazy. Yeah. So then one time we just was drunk. And and meanwhile, I'm sick this whole trip with Fat Joe overseas because we go from the show, we go party mm-hmm. all night. Yeah. And I couldn't recover. Yeah. Um, so um, I lose my voice after every show. <laughs> every show, voice. I can't talk. <laughs> so then one, 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 one show, we just... Wet the floor up for like 40 minutes and they literally couldn't it was so hot they couldn't mop up the floor and joe was ready to come on yeah joe know we on for 40 minutes and then well normally we had 25 minutes but joe gave us 40 minutes <laughs> i love joe and then one time they come they, they, it took them about maybe 40 minutes to wipe up the floor and joe joe was like mad and happy at the same time because yeah. he thought that we broke something we didn't break nothing. You brought the energy. We just brought the energy. And we were just getting it popping before Joe get on the crowd. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, 
And then he was like, what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> What's going on out there? What's going on? And then I, I was on this podcast, like, maybe on his IG Live, like, two months ago. Yeah. And he said that was the greatest time he ever had oh, on really? the tour. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy, crazy. Now, yeah. How, how does that compare, like, when you're, when you're performing on stage and you're the focal point? I mean, is that feeling you get the same when you're, like, playing at Staples Center and all the fans are cheering for you? Or is it a different kind of different kind of hype a different kind of energy it's different because like I never had a hit so they wasn't necessarily cheering they knew my name but yeah. they wasn't cheering for my records uh, I was doing new records yeah, 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 which yeah. is really difficult to go do a concert or a show with a new record yeah for sure you know what I'm saying yeah, so you just, you just gotta be out there confident the whole time because nobody like, knows never even heard it before. never heard nothing yeah. they don't know what's they just happening they know who you are yeah and they're just hearing it for the first time hearing it for the first time and then so if if I if I had my records and people knew it, it'd be crazy. When I had Champion, I did a record called Champion. Then I was able to. I was in L.A. I was doing a show. They knew that in the words. Yeah, they heard it. Yeah. So they were just singing it's the words. <laughs> but that was only one time. But that's what's one interesting. Record. Like you said, that you're more confident as a musician. But when you're dropping a new album in front of people that only know you but don't know yep. your music, yep. to me, if I was in that position, I'd be like way more nervous because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not sure how this is going to be received by the audience and all that. But it sounds like you're just like confident in what you have and, and you know it's going to be alright but I think more than confident I think it's more like I think it's more um, I put a lot into it I love it yeah you know what I'm saying so e e even the preparation you know I did about f over, over 500 songs right 500 so, songs yeah I got like 500 songs in my laptop that I can go and press play on the song. Have you ever like like release any of them on your IG or anything like that? I do sometimes, but I'm waiting for the right like I'm I'm waiting for the right package to release them. You know, mm. I got records that I want to release, but I don't want to just put it out because yeah. I mean, if you're an artist, the thing about being an artist is if you're an independent artist, you can do it, but then you got to have you know when you put out a record, what channels is it going to? Mm -hmm. Who's going Who's going to hear it? What PR? Is it yeah. a big plan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta make sure you drop it right. Or if it's a label, then it's easy. They just want to put it right into the machine. Yeah. It's going to get everywhere. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's not as easy for, like, I'm an independent artist, so it's not that easy. So how many, 500 songs seems like a lot. A like, lot. how long, like, how long have you, how long does it take you to accumulate that kind of It took me, took, I five, accumulate 500 songs. It took me, kind of stopped recording over the last, like, three years or four years. <laughs> um, Did you start? 15 years? 14 years? 15 years, 14 years, so that's like 50, 50, like 40 songs, 40, 30 songs a year. That's a lot. A lot. Like and actually, some years it was 100 songs, 150 songs a year. That's insane. Yeah, some years was like, some years was the front end. How do you have time to do both? How did you have time to do all that? No and time. play? I, so literally, I would have definitely had a better career if I didn't, it wasn't for music. Really? No question about it, because I was up till three in the morning mm -hmm. laying tracks yeah you know what I'm saying and it and it typically it takes you about depending on who you are but on average it takes about 14 hours to complete a song fuck now you could go back in there and do it but if you're doing a whole song it takes about 14 hours yeah to you know in the studio to complete a song yeah for like a four minute track for about a four minute track that's a lot yeah it takes I, about that time I don't want to do the math on that but that sounds like a lot of hours yeah some people could Just, do it earlier but if, you, if you're in there with the DJ I'm sorry if you're in there with the producer and the engineer yeah. that's about how long it's going to take yeah have you ever done any like collabs with, with anyone that, that you really enjoyed yeah I did some collabs man I wish I could have did more but I did um, I did a record with Jim Jones okay Max B um, Fat Joe Be Real 
I did a record with um, Prodigy from Mob Deep. Uh, I did a record with Mike Jones. I did a record with... And these are all in that 500? Juvenile. Like, yeah. these are all in your library that... Have they re- has like Fat Joe released it? Are like are these all yours? To these are my of, songs. So you can that's all these are gonna be if you decide to release. Them, yeah, if I can release. Be dropped on. Yeah, on yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be I something some, special. Yeah, I know. I can. I can. I definitely got game. Um, game. Uh, maybe Trina, Juvenile, Big Pokey from Texas. Um, oh yeah, the guy from Three Six Mafia. That's, that's a lot of people. DJ Paul. Damn. Now, have you so you have you ever done any collabs with any other athletes? Uh, I did a um, Ben Macklemore. I did a record with Steven Jackson, Elton Brand. Um, I wanted to. I was supposed to do one with Baron Davis. I didn't get a chance. Oh, a little, I was supposed to do something with Lou Williams. I didn't get a chance. I didn't do nothing with Damian Lillard. I didn't do nothing with Iman Shumpert. I might. Have, yeah, I didn't do nothing with Iman Shumpert. A couple of the artists I didn't do nothing for. I didn't who, do nothing with. Who is someone that you would like love to do a do a track with? I wanted to do a record with Eminem. That's what I wanted to do a track with. Dre actually produced. Dre team produced a record. Jay, Dre Dr. Dre actually yeah. produced the remix to Champions. For real. Yeah, that's in his folder. Damn. Yeah, but we never released it. So Champions is like that's like your your biggest track. That's my biggest. Out. Yeah, that's my biggest track. Yeah, a good record. People like it. Yeah, I've heard yeah. it. It's good. Yeah. I, and I listen to it. It's like. Cause I know you on a different level. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's it's weird to like, hear that hear that track. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, fucking, yeah, that's yeah. My boy, that's fucking. Yeah. Fun. Um. So who who out of all those guys mm-hmm. that you just talked about who you've done records with, or actually no, anyone in the NBA, who because there's quite a few r- rappers in the NBA. Yeah, like, quite a few, quite a few. Who do you think are the, the kind of like the the your the best ones? Well, I think the best artists in the NBA, I go, I'm going to go with Victor Oladipo. Then I'll go with, actually, it's only Shaq was the biggest one. So I, I'll just put Shaq in there, my favorite artist in the yeah. NBA. I'll go with uh, Shaq, Victor Oladipo, Dan, Dane Lillard. Um, and all these guys are, are doing like you did, right? They're like making music while they're playing. Everybody's making music while they're playing. That's crazy. Everybody making music while they playing. You have to. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know about everybody, but I'm assuming like Lonzo Ball. He got a lot of records. Even Lonzo. Yeah. Um, Kevin Durant got some records. I don't know where they at, but he got records. Yeah. Elton Brand got records. He's like super professional general manager. Um, then you got, you know, you had, then back in the days you had J.R. Ryder, who was a rapper. Then you had other guys like Byron Scott did something, but he not much. Derek Fisher did something, but not much. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Webber was a solid producer. Okay. Yep. Chris Webber's a producer. Grant Hill is a producer. Yeah. Music producer. Amazing producer. Um, then you got JaVel McGee, who's the only one who won a Grammy. For real? On producing. So JaVel McGee's a producer. That's insane, because you see, you see a lot of athletes want to be musicians. Yeah. Or, or, you know, try their hat in music, uh, being a musician. And you see a lot of musicians... You know, trying to want to be athletes, like you know, like Drake tries to play ball, Bieber tries to play ball, and and you know, it's interesting that there's like a, it's like a, they're very connected. Yeah, yeah, but it's super connected because everybody from the same neighborhood. Yeah, the rappers is, is they they say like baller want to be rapper, rapper want to be baller, but yeah. the the reality is they from the same block. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. And if one person chose one yeah. path, another person chose the other path, and exactly. the passion is still there. But yeah, same thing. It's hard. Do you know anyone? Has anyone like done both? Like like Shaq, like 
I mean, like Shaq has done both at a re- the only guy you can think of who's done both at a really high level. Shaq is the only one that did both at a high level. Damien is doing both, but Shaq did both from, from the perspective. He sold too many records. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot of records. That is a lot. Is that? Well, I you know there's like certain million. records you get like gold and platinum and then whatever, but two million. Songs. Two million. That sounds like a lot. <clears throat> That's a lot of records, man. He sold two million records and and he had great songs. Biggie was on the record. He had his own solo called Outstanding. Um, then he had Biological, Didn't Bother. These are real, like, records Yeah. about his dad, you know, family. He, he, he's a hip-hop, he's a real artist, you know? Yeah, for real. Shaq nice. is, like, hip-hop at his he's core. A talented human being. Very talented. Very, very talented. Where's Shaq from again? Shaq from Jersey. He's from Jersey? Yeah, Newark, New Jersey. But he went to LSU? Went to LSU. A lot of East Coast, that, that whole, like... Eastern Seaboard seems to have a lot of like, you know, music coming yeah. out of it. Like really good rappers yeah. and artists coming out of. Yeah, definitely. It's the same. Another thing I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, being you know a superstar athlete, a celebrity, and all that. Like, you have to be on almost all the time. Like, you know, the limited time that we've been here, like you go outside, people are asking for phot- photographs and doing this and that. Like, how, how is that? How do you manage to deal with that? It seems like it's, like, almost an impossible task. It, it is. I mean, you know, especially a place like Hawaii, because, you know, this is, like, Laker town. Yeah. You know, anything West Coast, is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> American yeah. West Coast is yeah, all yeah. Lakers. So, you know, you just, like, you know, you just deal with it. I'm kind of monotone, you know, where somebody say, hey, can I have a picture? Yeah. I'm just like, okay, come on, let's take the picture. Because I know they don't know me from nowhere. Yeah. All they want is a picture. They might want to say some extra words. Yeah. Spend five minutes, but I'm probably not going to stay five minutes with you. Yeah, maybe yeah, I will. Yeah. Maybe I won't. That's so a lot. Like if, that's like, a lot of time. Every person you see, that's, yeah, that's all your time. That's all. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, are there places that where you can like that you find your can be a bit more anonymous and you can kind of mix into the into the to the background a bit without having mm-hmm. to do all that? Well, Vancouver is a place where when I go to Vancouver because you know people in Vancouver got their own lives. You know, they're not thinking about. I walk down, I walk around Vancouver, and it's not that overwhelming, you know? Oh, really? Then, yeah, New York City, because New York City, people thinking they got their own lives in New York. Yeah. So people head down, they're not really looking yeah, at you yeah, until yeah, they yeah. see you. Oh, my. But anyway, like, Vegas is probably the worst place for me. Yeah, because there's a lot of tourists, and they're, like, trying to, like, looking for celebrities. Yeah, Vegas is and bad. And they want to interact. Yeah, Vegas is, I, sometimes I go through Vegas, and I'm 40, I'm not relevant like I, I, just, like I, used, to, like I used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and still, to this day, I go to Vegas. And I'm like, yo, I should just start selling T-shirts in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the place where even way more than LA. I go to LA, I'm cool. I'm just like, I'm now I'm, I'm entrenched in the yeah, cause society. You live in LA, and like, <laughs> you're just part of the, like you're part of it. And yeah, I would think that you know LA has so many celebrities in general that almost it's like you probably people would probably see celebrities all the time at Whole Foods. Or yeah, you probably see them all the time. Oh, whatever. So, do you find that you don't get approached as much at home in LA versus like when you're in like Hawaii or I don't know, pick another town. Um, like it depends. Like Seattle. Yeah, I, haven't, I actually haven't spent time in Seattle. I'm, I'm, I don't know what the I don't know what the temperature is there, but like if I go to let's say I go to um, so, so, so go to Texas. I go to Texas. It's real easy. Nothing, yeah. nothing complicated. It's chill. It's easy. Yeah. That's the same though. But I mean, that's the thing that I don't think a lot of people realize that. So that like everyone's a human being. Yeah. Like, everyone has a right to their privacy and their life. Yeah. You know, you don't. If you're having dinner, you don't want to necessarily be stopped in the middle of your dinner, and you know, ask for this, that, and have a conversation, take a picture, or whatever. But it has to be so f- kind of frustrating if 
that happens and then they walk away with some kind of so they feel a certain way like oh meta is like this or like that because he didn't do didn't take a picture with me it's like no man like he's imagine if you're at your like just walking around and you're getting stopped every two minutes to do to like interact with people you don't even know like how do you like it seems like it's such a fine line, especially with you know the world of Twitter and social media right now. You kind of have to like flirt that line of being accessible and approachable and your brand and all that, but still maintaining some kind of sanity yeah. and not going fucking crazy yeah. by being stopped when you're trying to get a fucking coffee. Some people, everybody different, you know. Some people would be like, "Get the hell out of here!" No, you know, I'm, not, I'm not quite. Like, I'm not like that. But but sometimes I'll be like, you know, like I'm not, if I'm with family. Yeah. Then I'll just like okay, I'm not taking a picture. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. If I'm with like friends, sometimes I say no. But if it's not that overwhelming, I be like, right, come on, come take a picture. But nobody really understands. Like if you're eating and you come over me to take a picture, yeah. Like for one, you might spit in my food. Yeah, for one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's super intrusive. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I don't. I, I really don't get how you don't know that you're talking over someone's food. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying. People have no shame sometimes. Yeah, I never say nothing, but I'm like, and sometimes I cover my food sometimes, like... Get the hip. I'm like, you're right here over me, like, yeah. at least tap me on the shoulder from a distance. Or like, wait till you're done eating. You or know? wait or till you're done eating. Or just like, do nothing. <laughs> just yeah. Like, I saw him, it was cool. Yeah, I saw him, that was cool, yeah. But you had a funny story about, like, because you were on the other side of that when you were oh, at St. Yes. John's yeah. with um, Mariah Mike. Carey, right? Yeah. Can you, can you go over that story? Tell us that story. So I was a big fan of Mariah. I love R&B. So I go to um, Justin's, which is Puff Daddy's restaurant. So I go to Justin, 17 years old, just becoming a celebrity in New York for yeah. basketball. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, everybody know me at this point. So I go to Mariah. So Mariah's sitting at a table with Jay-Z, maybe even Diddy. And I was brought there by some St. John's people, some connections yeah. there. They, these, these artists love sports. They love St. Yeah, John's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So I go there, and I think I say something to Jay, say something to Diddy, and then Mariah's there, who I must who I'm excited to see more than any. Have you met any of those guys before? I, I played for Diddy in high school. So okay. Diddy coached me in the summertime. So I got a championship with him. And then Jay-Z, I was getting to know Jay-Z. Like, I was going to Jay-Z office. Yeah, I, I drove with him in his car, you know, okay. when I was 17. Like, and that was overwhelming for me. Yeah, I bet. That was overwhelming. I'm sitting next to Jay-Z. Like, it's crazy. Um, and so then Mariah Carey, I love R&B more than rap. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I see Mariah. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, oh. And I went to tap her to just tell her, yo, I love you Big so fan. much. Yeah. And she literally just turned around. And I get it now, but at that time, yeah. I remember, like, not playing any more Mariah. <laughs> You know, she definitely lost one fan. Yeah. That was huge. Yeah. If people know how much I love SWV and Mary J, I went to go see Mary J. Blige perform yeah. in Paris yeah. and in L.A. multiple times. You know, I got SWV on my, you know, phone. Yeah. I love R&B, so I was a little bit, like, kind of disgruntled and frustrated with Mariah for, like, years. Because yeah. she, 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 she don't realize how much I love R&B. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But when I got older and I became kind of famous I get it you see her perspective not at dinner she was at dinner yeah eating oh for real yeah that's the thing she like, was at dinner eating now you have that perspective on both yeah. sides and I think you do a, a fantastic job of 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 kind of doing both like maintaining your privacy having your life living your life and not being too intrusive but also being approachable from the other perspective yeah because like I don't know if it was from that incident with Mariah but like you said like that one incident with Mariah 
turns you off of her for how how maybe like ten fifteen years. That's a long time. Yeah. So like I wasn't I wouldn't listen to her music. Yeah, and it's that's because because of that one incident. Yeah. And that just that had that that interaction. Yeah. No matter how big how small it was to her, had a profound effect on you. And I think that has stayed with you. And because when I've watched you, when we interact, when you interact with people when we're around, it's like so respectful. It's 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 you know it's to the point. You you get the picture. You say hello. You're always very pleasant. And everyone that I've seen you come in contact with, they have to leave with a better impression of you than they already had before. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that's an amazing amazing skill. Um, yeah you yeah. Have. And it's just it's just that that does. I wish I was a story. little more nicer. I'm really nice actually, but I wish I was more outgoing. Like hey, how you doing? Yeah. I do it sometimes, but yeah. sometimes you see a fan. Sometimes, like, hey, I'll take a picture with, let's say, 15 fans yeah. within, like, an hour. Yeah. Right? And then I'm like, okay, I'm not doing no more pictures for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. So then that 16 fan, they catch me when I'm like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm, I'm walking. Yeah. I'm not stopping again. But most people should understand that. Like, they, they may not get that opportunity with you, but at the same time, like, they have no idea what you have done previously. Right. They don't know. They don't like know. You've done, you may have done, like, you may have had, like, 20 conversations for five minutes each. You know, that's an hour and a half or whatever that is. Like This you know. one guy, I was in the club. I was drunk coming out the club, right? In L.A., Hollywood. Come out the club, so I'm really drunk. I don't want to take pictures because, like, I'm really shit-faced, <laughs> right? So I'm trying to go to my car. Yeah. So this other guy was drunk. He's like, hey, man, can you come take a picture with me? And I'm like, nah, I can't take a picture yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. I'm drunk. I'm out of here. I'm get in my Uber and get out here. This dude tried to, so I'm with my boys just walking. And he didn't see I was with my boys. He balls his fist up. What? Because he wouldn't get a picture. Yeah, tries to punch me in the back of the head. And then my friends see him punching, and he punches him and knocks him out. Yeah, well, that guy deserves that. <laughs> that's insane. That, that's the kind of people. Insane. They're just, that's, those are just people that aren't right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's bad people in the world, and there's good people in the world. And you're going to come across both no matter, you know, what walk of life you come from. But, yeah. You know, if you're that clueless and that, like, you know, selfish that you think that you have to physically attack a celebrity because he's not taking a picture with you. Yeah. That's part of what's wrong with the world, I think. That's insane. Everyone's just on their own shit. It's like, bro, you have some serious... I hope you woke up the next day in hospital all fucked up and regretting, like, like his... Well, he got knocked out and then he got up and he couldn't walk. He was, like, knocked out three times. He got up, <laughs> fell, got up, fell. Yeah. Then he start banging on my car, my car on the car I was in. So then I'm about to get out the car. Yeah. So then I get out the car. Now I'm like, I'm just gonna punch him in his face yeah. and just finish. Yeah. And then my boys they drag him back in the car. Get yeah. back in the car. We yeah. just peel off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was it was crazy because on TMZ it's on YouTube. Yeah. TMZ they don't know what happened. They was there. Yeah. So they filming it like camera yeah. moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the angles is fucked up. And on on the title it says Metal World Peace saves the day. Oh, you got you got some good pressure. I got good pressure. I just, I just left it alone. I said, yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah I'll take it. Yeah, yeah take exactly. It. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Metal World Peace breaks up a fight. Fuck. That's what it said. Well, that's kind of true. And the camera angle was like this. Yeah, it's all hectic and chaos. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for taking the time and having this chat. Absolutely. Um, talk soon, brother. Let's we'll do it again. Pulling out the coupe at the lot. Tony for twelve for swat. Buzzing all the bells out the box. I just hit a leak.